Right on. I love that. I love that we get to sing about Jesus Christ, our living hope. Why don't we pray to him before we go any further today, okay? Father in heaven, thank you so much for your grace to us. Thank you so much that uh, you loved us enough to send your son, Jesus, to be our living hope. And Lord, when we think about all these things that are true about Jesus, and we'll talk about some of them in the next few minutes, Lord, we're so grateful for everything about him. We're so grateful for all the things you've done for us through him. And we're grateful that he went to a cross to give up his life for ours. We're grateful that he rose from the grave to promise us new life and life forever with you. Lord, thank you for all those things. Bless every one of us wherever we are, here on site or online. Bless us and lead us and help us to walk with you in everything we do. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus today. Amen. All right. Now, if you're standing and you'd like to sit down, this is the time. If you're standing at home, thanks for playing along. If you're standing at Starbucks, really thank you. And if, you, and if that was you, I'd like to know about that. You have to let me know and send photos. I can't help it. When I get to a, a, a thing like this, I've never been to a thing like this before, but when I get to a thing like this, it reminds me of some other things that we've done in Lakeside's history, and I get overwhelmed with what God does uh, for us, I get overwhelmed with what God does among us. I get overwhelmed with God, what God does through us. It's remarkable. I remember the very first meeting of Lakeside Church when we were over at the Eagles Hall on Sutter Street. And, uh, and, and I showed up, and my wife and my two children at that time showed up, and we didn't know if anybody else was going to show up. And about 50 people did. And uh, then we come together today, and I'm like, I don't know if anybody's going to show up. You know, who, who knows what it's going to be like? And people think they want to come, and then they go, oh, I don't know if it's a good idea. And, and I didn't know. And then to see all of you here who are with us, it's remarkable, and it, it's overwhelming to me. Uh, thank you for being here. And for those of you who are online, I'm grateful for you as well. And I know many of you are not ready to be back yet. And all of, you know, we all have different reasons and thought processes and feelings that we go through. And, and I don't probably understand all of those, but I want you to know we get that. And so if you're watching online today or this week sometime, God bless you. I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad you're with us. And I'm glad you're a part of what God's doing among us. He's doing beautiful things. And I look at this gathering like this. And uh, it reminds me, in a lot of ways, it reminds me, with, you know, a, a, apart from the cameras and apart from the face masks and apart from the circles on the ground and apart from traffic on East Bidwell and apart from, you know, all the cars in the parking lot, apart from, you know, a lot of different things, it reminds me exactly of a time when Jesus gathered people on a hillside. <laughs> like, almost exactly. <laughs> And because uh, Jesus did a lot of these things, you know, Jesus never went in a building. He never, you know, they never like, hey, the building is closed. You're like, no, they actually just didn't have one, you know, so they'd meet wherever they'd meet in a synagogue. Sometimes it wasn't their building. It was somebody else's building. They meet in the temple. Sometimes it wasn't their building. It was somebody else's building. And they meet, they met on hillsides a lot. And uh, there was one time where they were meeting together. They were out, they were out of town. They were on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, kind of distant from the normal uh, places and, and journeys of life. And, uh, and uh, they got, it got late in the day. So we, you know, we started at nine o'clock here or a little bit earlier than that. And uh, I don't know if they started at nine o'clock or when they started, but it got late in the day. And after a while, they started, there's, there's murmurs going on because like we're getting hungry out here. 
And somebody, one of Jesus' disciples named Philip, Philip uh, started thinking about logistics. Because you can't have a gathering like this, and you can't have a gathering online unless you have somebody looking out for logistics. And Jesus had come to Philip, one of his disciples. He said, hey, hey, Phil, um, we need to get bread. And so now Phil's going through and his mind is like, where are we going to get bread? I don't know where we're going to get bread. We're out in the boondocks. How are we going to get bread? And logistics becomes the thing. And of course, to set up a, a gathering like we have here today, logistics happened long before you ever showed up on the hillside today. I mean, you know, a week and a half ago, this stage wasn't here, but we, you know, we decided, hey, we're going to meet outside because we can do that. And so let's meet outside and, and somebody... I didn't, I didn't even hear about it until it was actually already happening, but somebody said, hey, let's put a stage out there. It's like, oh, that's amazing, you know? And somebody said, we got to get cameras, so we got cameras. And someone said, oh, we better have power, and oh, we better have sound. And there's all this logistics to make this happen. And somebody said, we ought to have bags for children, so children have something to do, so they won't be bored. Like I heard from Chris earlier, you know? And so there's all these, there's all these things about logistics that have to get done, and Jesus and Philip and the other disciples, they're all trying to figure out the logistics. And somebody found some sandwiches that a, a little boy had brought. Uh, some, he had some fish and he had some bread, put them together and make sandwiches. That's how that part of the story goes. And Jesus prays over that food. And then he begins through his disciples to send it out to everybody that was on that hillside. John tells us there were 5,000 men on that hillside. That's like one or two more than we have today. Or, or so. And, uh, and then Matthew adds to that. He goes, hey, it wasn't just the men that count. Everybody counts. And so he, he goes, there were 5,000 men plus women and children. There were probably upwards of 20,000 people out there that Jesus fed that day. And they started passing out those sandwiches to everybody in the crowd. By the way, as it, the, the scripture actually says they sat out there because there was plenty of grass. Not, not weed. No, not, not that, not grass he was talking about and so there you know and so there were there were so see this reminds me a lot of where, what it looked like when Jesus was there with his friends on the sea of Galilee now when they got done feeding everybody that day it was an amazing miracle and people were like wow that was pretty amazing and Jesus knew there's going to be a big press of crowd trying to get in and get to the next miracle and so in the evening Jesus and his disciples get in a boat and they travel back across the sea of Galilee to a town called Capernaum Capernaum in Israel is uh is on the sea of Galilee it's it's on what is known as the north shore okay I thought that was funny when I wrote it down never mind didn't translate so well outside maybe I think you guys online were laughing like crazy but nobody here got it it's okay Anyway, so they're on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee at a town called Capernaum, and when the sun comes up the next morning, there's still people back on the other side of the Sea of Galilee where they had the bread miracle, where Jesus multiplied those sandwiches. They're looking around like, hey, where'd Jesus go? Where'd the bread givers go? And they got in a boat, many of them got in boats, and they, and they sailed across the Sea of Galilee, and they showed up in Capernaum because they're trying to find where Jesus was. And when they finally found him, they go, wow, we've been looking everywhere for you. Jesus, where are you? See, people loved Jesus because free food. Have you ever been to a River Cats game? I know they're out of business right now. I mean, not out of business. They're, out, they're closed temporarily. I'm hoping they come back. Uh, but, you know, you go to a River Cats game, and they have, that, they have their mascot. What's his name? Dinger is a mascot, right? So they got Dinger the mascot, and during some break in the, in the innings of the game, Dinger and some of the people that help him, they go out, and they've got this beautiful 
piece of equipment called a hot dog cannon. Have you seen this thing? Yeah, and so it's amazing. They'll stuff it with, I tried to borrow one. I thought I would borrow one, and then I thought, you know, with social distancing, this is not going to work. Because, you know why? Because everybody loves free food. Everybody. Poor people love free food. Rich people love free food. It doesn't matter if it's free and it's food. Like, yeah, I want it. And so if I were to bring one of those cannons out here like Dinger does and start launching those hot dogs into the crowd, social distancing would be out the window. You would be all over each other just trying to get free hot dogs. Why? Free food. Everybody loves free food. Why did they, why did they come to Jesus? For a lot of them, it was because free food. This story that I'm talking to you about is found in John chapter 6, and I want to read that for you today, a little bit of that. If you have a copy of the Bible with you, you want to open it, you can. If you've got your phone and you've got the YouVersion Bible app on there, you can pull that out and follow along with us on that. Let me read for us John chapter 6, verse 24. By, by the way, that YouVersion app, you have to get in the app and then find the place that says events. And click on events, and Lakeside Church will be the first one that pops up there for you. All right, here's John chapter 6, verse 24. Once the crowd realized that that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got in the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Translation, free food. Do not work for the food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, Jesus says, for on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, well, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one whom he has sent. The work of God is this, to believe in the one whom he has sent. Crowd makes their way to Capernaum because they're in search of free food. And they they get there and and they see Jesus. They're like, Rabbi, this is amazing. When did you get here? We just showed up and we didn't know you'd be here. And like, it's so cool that you're here. When did you get here? And he goes, nuh-uh, don't give me that stuff. Free food. That's just what you came for. And they followed him around. They followed him around the countryside because he was giving away free food. Now, during coronavirus and stay at home and all the things we've been uh, dealing with these days. Uh, people have taken up hobbies. Is that, is, is some of you taken up hobbies? My wife took up a new hobby. It's called sourdough. Yeah, some of you. So we've had certain shortages as we go along, right? The first shortage we had was toilet paper. Yeah, you, you haven't forgotten already. Some of you, some of you, it's in your garage. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out who it is. I'm going to go... Uh, put a sign now that these people have toilet paper. So there was, you know, a toilet paper shortage. And then there was flower shortage. It was like one of the early shortages in this whole journey we've been on flower shortage. You know why? It's because people like my wife are like, Hey, let's figure out how to make sourdough. Have you ever made sourdough before? No. Do you before? No, I don't. I never done it before. Do you like it? No. Doesn't matter. You know, I'm going to get it. So my wife got into making sourdough and it's, a, it's, we have this saying in our house now, we say, it's not an exact science. <laughs> you got this jar, and I don't know how the whole thing works. It's her thing, not my thing. My thing is, 
eating it. Her thing is making it. And uh, she's got this jar. She's, she's got like a starter in there or something. You add flour, you add water, and then you watch it grow. And it grows and it grows. And if you don't do it right, because it's not an exact science, it overflows the top of your jar. You know that passage in scripture in the 23rd Psalm? Remember that one? It goes, my cup overflows. Or the, maybe some of you learned like, my cup runneth over. Well, my wife's sourdough jar runneth over a lot. And it's great because she's making the sourdough bread and it's not just bread. I mean, I, I have my fill these days of sourdough bread and sourdough hamburger buns and sourdough waffles and sourdough cinnamon rolls, which I got yesterday morning. And here's the deal. I follow my wife around like a puppy. When are we having more waffles? When are we having more hamburgers with sourdough buns? You know, I'm, I'm just following her around. Why? Because she's making food and people are following Jesus around. Why? Because free food. And Jesus says, you're, you're just following me around because you got free food and you like that. He goes, stop looking for free food. Now, if you're, to, you know, if you're at a River Cats game later this summer and they happen to be shooting the hot dog cannon and it happens to be close to you, Go for it. It's okay. I mean, it's not like it's a sin or something to go for it. But Jesus is saying this in contrast to something else. He says, look, stop looking for free food and start looking for the one whom God has sent. Start believing in the one whom God has sent. That's what he calls us to. Start believing in him. He says, that's the work that God calls us to do. Now keep going in John chapter 6, verse 30, and it says this. So they asked him, when they all got together, they asked him, well, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it's my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said, sir, always give us this bread. The crowd was chasing after signs. A lot of times as followers of Christ, we get in a spot where we go, like, oh, I, I wonder what the signs are. And, and when everything shut down back in March, I started getting uh, texts and emails and Facebook posts and all this stuff that was directed to me that was all about signs. And people were like, look at these signs. Look at these signs. Pastor Brad, do you think it's the end times? And I don't know, you know, how much you know, you've researched this in your life or thought about this, but every time there's a major disaster in America, American Christians look around and they go, this must be the end. I remember 19 years ago, we were, we were in a tent right down there on the corner property. Because the very first day we met in this location, before we could actually get inside the building, we had to meet in a tent and two days after we had that first meeting in a tent, 9-11 happened. As soon as it did, people started saying, it's the end, it's the end times, it's the end times, and we start looking for signs. And Jesus says, stop looking for these signs. What happens is when we start looking at the signs, we often miss the point. When we start looking for signs, we're often a sign or two behind where Jesus was. They said, we really love what you're doing, Jesus. You're making all this bread. He said, I already did that sign. They said, could you do another sign? He goes, no, no, I, I already did that one. We look for signs, but we sometimes miss the point of what Jesus is trying to do. And here's Jesus' point, verse 35. 
Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. We're doing a series this summer. It's called, What If He Is? Ryan kicked it off last weekend uh, with a talk where he went back to the Old Testament, to Exodus chapter 3, and he described how when God sent Moses to set the people of Israel free from Egypt, uh, Moses had said, well, God, who, who am I going to say is sending me? And God said, well, tell him this. Tell him, I am who I am is sending you. And God gave that as his memorial name. I am who I am. It means he exists all by himself. He's not dependent on you. He's not dependent on me. He's not dependent on anybody else. God just is. He's the only one for whom that's true. He is. His name is I am. And when Jesus came, he took up that name. The Jewish people tried to stone him to death because he took up that name. That's the name of God. That's the name of Yahweh. And it was such a holy name. They're like, you can't take that name, Jesus. But he took that name. And in that process, he said, I'm the son of God. He said, I am. And he used a bunch of metaphors in his teaching where he said, I'm, I'm this, and I am this, and I am this, and I am this. And he used metaphors to describe what it was like for him to be God in this world. He said, I am, I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am, in this case, I am the bread of life. He goes, seek me. Look for me. Stop looking for free food and look for me because I am the bread of life and I will give something better to you. He said, I'm the bread of life. And they said, ew, because who wants to eat somebody else? That's weird, right? I mean, you know, nobody, nobody wants to eat somebody else. He goes, I'm the bread of life. And they go, oh, no, 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 we don't, we don't think that's cool. We'd rather have sandwiches. He's, no, I'm just going to give you myself. I'm going to give you the bread of life. They go, we don't want to eat your flesh, which means they misunderstood what he was saying. Kind of gives new, new definition to sourdough. Thank you, because I thought that one was funny when I wrote it too, and obviously it was better than the first one. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> he goes, I am the bread of life. They go, we don't, we don't want to eat you. He goes, you misunderstand. It's a metaphor. I am about life for you. I am all about life for you. And our lives have been so disrupted in the last three or four months. They've been disrupted by health concerns. They've been disrupted by racial tension. Our lives have been so disrupted while we stay mostly at home up until the last several weeks. So disrupted. And Jesus came and he said, I am the bread of life. I am life for you. And you get distracted by health concerns and you get distracted by face masks and you get distracted by stay-at-home orders and you get distracted by all the things that go on. And all of those things require thought. All of those things require us to invest and engage. But Jesus says, don't get so distracted that you miss me. He says, I am the bread of life. He says, seek, seek me. Don't seek a free lunch. Don't seek free food. Don't seek the, sh the shiny things. We really love the shiny things. We come to Jesus, we're like, oh, Jesus, I need this. And we give Jesus a list of needs. And then we add, oh, Jesus, and I want this. And we add a list of wants that we have. 
And after a while, we get, a, we get around to like, hey, and I, and I got a buddy who needs something too. And all that stuff's fine. And praying for those things is all great. But don't miss the point, Jesus says. Don't get wrapped up in all the shiny things that Jesus can do and miss the fact that he is for you. He, the Son of God, is for you. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the Son of God. I am the giver of life. I am the sustainer of life. I am. The book of John was written in the Greek language, and in Greek there's two words for life. One of the words for life is, is what we would say, the word is bios. So they, I think they pronounced it bios, but you'll understand, B-I-O-S, bios. That's a word for life. It has to do with everything physical about your life. It's about the fact that you breathe and you have lungs that uh, move the air into your bloodstream and takes it through the heart and shoots it to the brain and to the feet. And you know, you know all the systems you have in your body. That's bios. That's biology. That's one kind of life in the Bible. And that's important. And that's nourished by free food or any kind of food, even if you pay for it. I mean, you have to have food to be able to survive biologically. But there's another Greek word for life, and it's the word that Jesus used when he said, I'm the bread of life. It's the Greek word zoe. Anybody named Zoe here? Any Zoes? Uh, Anybody been to the zoo? (laughs) Thank you. The word for zoo comes from the Greek word zoe, and it's a word that refers to the diversity of life. It's a word that, de- that describes the majesty of life. It's a word that describes the miracle of life. It's a word really that describes the magic of life. When you talk about Zoe, you're talking about breath. When you talk about Zoe, you're talking about soul. When you talk about Zoe, you're talking about spirit. And Jesus said, that's the kind of bread that I am. I came to be the bread of life, to nurture the Zoe life in you, to nurture your spirit, to nurture your breath, to nurture your soul. I am for you. And so with all the stuff that's going on around us, don't forget the bread of life. You dive over bleacher seats to get a hot dog. What do you do to get to Jesus? What do you give up to get to Jesus? What do you give to focus on Jesus? He said, I am the bread of life. What Jesus is saying is, seek me for me. Seek me for me. I'm bread for you. I'm life for you. He says, I am. I am the son of God. I am the giver of life. I am the sustainer of life. I am the bread of life. I am. And I am enough. Jesus, I pray for us this morning. I'm really grateful to be here, Lord. I'm I'm so grateful to see a, a hillside full of people that I love people whom I've missed, people who are important to you as well as important to me. I'm grateful for everyone. Lord, I'm grateful for all the people that are online with us today and throughout this week. I'm grateful for every one of them. Every one of them represents 
a person who carries the image of God in them. So thank you for everyone. And Lord Jesus, thank you for being bread for us. Thank you for being life-sustaining to us. Thank you for breathing the breath of life into us. Lord, I pray for us in every beautiful way, in every mystical way, in every mysterious way. Be the bread of life for us and be enough for us as we walk through these days. Lord, thank you. We love you, Jesus. Amen.